Welcome to the Center for International and Regional Studies at Georgetown University in Qatar. These podcasts are part of a research initiative titled Building a Legacy, Qatar FIFA World Cup 2022. Welcome everybody to our podcast on the FIFA World Cup 2022 at Georgetown University, Qatar. Uh, it gives me great pleasure to talk today to Monika Stab. Monika is one of the most successful uh, female soccer coaches in the world. Uh, she won with the German team FFC uh, Frankfurt uh, four times the national championship and five times the German Cup. She even won once the UEFA Champions League uh, with uh, FFC Frankfurt. Um, and so she was not she was a coach, but also um, a chairman of that club. And she has a very interesting career uh, already as a player. She played in France and England. And as a coach, uh, she was in a number of countries. And one of them was Qatar in 2013 and 2014. And that's one of the main reasons we want to talk to her today. Thank you, Monica, for joining us. And uh, let me start asking you, um, are you excited about the upcoming FIFA 2022 World Cup since you have been in Qatar yourself? Oh, first of all, thank you for the invitation. And uh, I'm very excited uh, to, to looking forward for this World Cup. And of course, I was, uh, when I was in Qatar, that was a big issue, you know, the World Cup 2022. And, and I hope to go back by 2022 to see now the difference from 2013, 14 to uh, eight years, how, what has been changed uh, in Qatar. And, and I, I hope very much that also in this World Cup for the men, also the women, um, have a little place uh, for discussion, a little place where women football also has been very successful in Qatar. Yes, and um, so um, when we look at women's football in Qatar, certainly uh, it's a bit different to the development of men's football. When Qatar was awarded the World Cup, some people said, oh, they don't have a football tradition and they are, don't have a competitive team, but I think they have proven that that's wrong. The, uh, the men's team won last year the Asian Cup, uh, and they are now at 55 of the FIFA World Ranking by today. But when we look at uh, the national women's team, it's different. Uh, the national women's team is at this point not even ranked in the FIFA uh, ranking, which is an indicator for not being active. Different to Bahrain and UAE, for example, which are ranked. So how do you explain this gap in development, this remarkable development in men's football and the slow development in women's football? Well, I have to tell you that we were in the FIFA rank list when I was in Qatar. We had uh, quite a few international games and, and so we were doing very well. I thought um, in the FIFA rank list and also we had build up under 14, under 16 national teams. So, so it was amazing uh, what was possible. The small state of Qatar with only a few amount of people and also look at the neighbor at Bahrain. I was building up there a national team in 2007. This was a bit earlier and how they're doing very well to keep the national team. And of course, like you said, you have to be active 
And unfortunately, after I left uh, Qatar in 2014, my activity has not stopped. They still train once a while. They, they keep it going, but not in a such a, I would say maybe serious way as you have to train, you have to have a league, you have to have a national team who is actually playing international games. And since I left, they haven't played one international game, which is a real pity. On the other hand, we see a lot of uh, female students playing in education city where Georgetown University has hosted football with uh, a, big, a lot of enthusiasm. Um, but it seems uh, that um, the fact that they like playing in uh, education city is related to the fact that this is considered as a safe environment where no men are watching. Um, and so there seem to be cultural barriers. Uh, what's your take on the matter? What were your experiences? I, I know that when we talked some years ago uh, that you told me that sometimes you would invite girls to the national team and they would decline the invitation. Of course, the culture barriers and the tradition is still uh, a, a hurdle or, or uh, what you call difficulties to, to do your sport because I know all these women want to play football. Now in Saudi Arabia, it's allowed now to play football, which was forbidden uh, at that time. So they have changed a little bit, open up, that also women can do the sport like men can do. And, you know, since uh, FIFA allow uh, wearing a hijab during the World Cup, during any, any international game, official FIFA match, um, you can play when you have a hijab on. And I think that is the most important thing that there the traditional will be stuck to it and that parents of course the parents decide if their daughter will play or not and uh, I think uh, there is a great, quite a big potential like you said the students love to play football and and of course if they have a environment uh, which is more safe I think that is okay as long as they can play it but I have to support this league. I have to really uh, work as a development from the football. And, and recently I got an interesting email that um, uh, Aspire wants to open a women team, which I thought that was wonderful if that really will happen because I think Aspire is uh, a credit all over the world. And, and why not having a women football team and, and building it up from the girls here? So when I was in all these different countries, I think we have to look at the prejudice which exists towards women football to make sure that is nothing wrong for the women if they want to play, that they can play their sport and create their environment. I think uh, that is nothing wrong as long as they can play the game. I think that is the most important. When you played in the 1970s uh, in Germany, uh, the German Football Association had just lifted the ban of uh, women football in Germany. So from 1955 to 1970, the German Football Association did not permit its club to, to run um, uh, women's football division. So does it remember you a bit of like uh, what you witnessed like when, uh, uh, when you were young and a player uh, the prejudices, the obstacles um, women's football was facing in Germany, what we see now in, the, in some parts of the Middle East? 
Of course, uh, we have a lot of comparison. And whenever I go to country, especially to Muslim country in Gambia, where I just has be, have been, there is 95% are Muslims. And so it's not easy to fight against these obstacle odds. And we had them 50 years ago. And I think that is one reason why I like going around the world and, and trying to convince mainly the men that uh, there shouldn't be any obstacle, uh, any barriers for the women to play because at that time we were told it's bad for your health. And of course we know now uh, even boxing is for women. It's an Olympic sport. And so women football since 1996 in Atlanta, um, women football was accepted in the, in the Olympics. So we have made a lot of improvement. And I call myself a pioneer because I was fighting, I think, almost all my life for women football to get it accepted in the society. I think this is the most challenges we always had to get it accepted in the society that it's a beautiful sport, not only for the boys, for the men, also for the girls and for the women. You were very adventurous uh, uh, from early on. And uh, uh, I mean, in the 1970s, it was not that common even in men's football to go to a club abroad and you played with uh, uh, Queen's Park Rangers in London and you played with a PSG. Uh, I mean, now PSG is this big brand uh, supported by uh, Qatar uh, and they do not only uh, support the men's but also the women's team. So uh, also your uh, a German club, FFC Frankfurt, they joined now Eintracht Frankfurt, one of the major men's teams in the country. Is this maybe something that can um, promote women's football that the big men's club also support women's football as we see in the cases of PSG, Eintracht Frankfurt, but a number of others like Olympic Lyon, Bayern Munich, Wolfsburg and others? Well, uh, don't forget the English Premier League and we have now fantastic matches Yesterday, I saw Chelsea women against Manchester City. It was a fantastic women football match live on TV to see. And the Premier League uh, is amazing what they have been achieved in the last few years for women football. All the major Premier League clubs are more or less pushed by uh, the FA, the English FA, to have also a women, a professional women team. And, and so I think uh, it is for these primary uh, English football men club, it's almost also uh, a pride, uh, honor to have also a very good woman team. And, and it's, it's a society who also accepts, of course, women football. So um, Wolfsburg in Germany and Bayern Munich, they support this now Eintracht Frankfurt, we have uh, Freiburg, we have Leverkusen, so some other big other men team who support the women team. Of course, it's easier because you have the facilities, you have the infrastructure, you have, uh, let's say, professional team around your team, like a doctor, like a physio like a fitness coach, a mental coach, all these things, which I think is so important also for the women, because now we have to look at the women, they're trained in these professional level as much or as many times than the men. Also Barcelona, I just went to the Champions League. I also worked for UEFA. I walked through the streets through Barcelona before Corona that was, and I saw a big, big 
picture from Messi and on the right side, I saw a big picture from a Spanish national uh, a female pl a football player, which is great to see that they accept that in that level. And that's how I think we, we move with our sport forward, getting it more professional and that more men really are serious. I think that is the key word, serious about women football and really support the men as well as the women. So you have done projects in more than 60 countries on behalf of uh, FIFA. So uh, where do you see like the, the biggest potential for, for women's football to grow? Is it uh, uh, in the in, in Muslim majority countries or um, is this also applying to other uh, regions in the world that uh, uh, women's football is a bit behind um, the development of other countries? Well, I've been actually now in 80 countries in the last uh, 13 years, I have to say, and, and it's, it's amazing what happened in Asia, you know, look at Jordan, Jordan at that time when I started to do my first coaching course, which was in 2007, you've been in Lebanon, I think there where we also met, uh, how things have been growing there, uh, the Under 17 World Cup was played in Jordan, which is a wonderful promotion for the game. And uh, now in India is the Under 17 World Cup. Hopefully, the Corona will let it happen. And and I think the the potential also in Qatar there is a great potential, or in Bahrain, of course, uh, someone has to take care of it. And and to see all these continent, I was in South America. Of course, they're very keen on playing football. They're crazy about football. I was in Colombia. There was Valderrama, one of a very, very famous footballer in the past. And, and what his attitude is, I want to support the Boys Academy, but also I have in the same spirit, in the same financial way, a Girls Academy. So of course, that is the success behind it, that you will support it from a very young age, from a grassroots age. That is what I think it has to happen in all the countries all over the world. And look at Japan, Japan, how they have improved uh, their women football and were, you know, world champion in 2011. So it's amazing how it's growing now. Women football supported by FIFA. I also work for UEFA and I have a lot of coaching projects because it's important that you get women coaches. For instance, in Africa, it's, and I think this is also a very important issue in Qatar, that you get more female coaches, because I think the parents will be more, what you call, uh, happier or satisfied or, or having a better feeling when there is a women coach coaching these girls, especially at like young age. And, and so I think we have to encourage more female Coaches, of course, they need to get the experience. They need to have education as a coach. And um, Africa has the most potential. It's you will not believe how a girl is growing up in a in an environment where she only plays football. They don't have so many laptops and and internet and and all these playing station and everything. They just go outside and play outside. Uh, they can do somersaults. I know in Germany, not many young girls or boys can do somersaults because they don't do it anymore. They don't grow up in the, what you call outside environment. Everything has to mate for them, yeah. So I thought uh, Africa could be the world champion if they would have, of course, money, if they would have the most support. 
I mean, they have some other problem which they're facing. So I think that the Far East, look at uh, Emirates and, and Bahrain, how they have been growing women football. And I think Qatar could be also up to that level if there would be someone who takes care of it. And I think that is one of the problem that the Football Federation uh, is not really taking care of the uh, women department because it's under the women uh, sport committee, which I believe it has to come and follow under the umbrella. And that's how FIFA also wanted uh, under the Football Federation. And, and it needs to have a structure, a real clear structure. And you need women who fight for this because I think we are women are taking care more of our sport. And we want to really want our uh, football, in this case, the sport to grow. Yeah? So we have to take ourselves and work and knock on the door all the time. And I remember when I was in Qatar, one of my Qataris men said to me, well, a woman is a crystal. And when she plays football, she will break. And I says, well, I've been playing football for over 50 years and I haven't broken. I'm still a crystal, I hope, a woman, and I'm proud to be a woman. And uh, so we have to look at in a different angle. And of course, we have to look at uh, women football as not something compared with a man, yeah? because it's still a different sport. And I know now in Germany, uh, or some other countries in Europe, uh, spectators or men even watch rather women football because it's more attractive, it's more honest, it's more with passion and not so foul and not so much theater. You know, when I lead one nil, that's fine. They want to do the second goal, the third goal, the fifth goal. So women football, and that was shown in the World Cup 2019. It was a wonderful promotion for women football in France. All the stadium were filled uh, with spectators and they were fantastic performance. So our performance has grown in a very, very fast, way that also the men can say, hey, these women can play football, let them play. Yeah, what you said on lack of female coaches, I'm just working on a paper on uh, women's rugby in Qatar and it's the same issue. I interviewed a number of players and said there is not one like a female coach in the country. So that uh, might be a factor that might contribute to the growth of the game if there are more female coaches. What else do you hope that uh, like um, uh, until the World Cup 2022 uh, might happen. Uh, do you hope that the World Cup 2022 might also benefit a bit the development of women's football globally, but also in Qatar? Well, this is my big hope. And <clears throat> of course, I still have some contact uh, uh, with uh, Qatar, the ma uh, generation, amazing generation, you know, that is a kind of, um, uh, from the 2022 um, uh, NGO or organization who wants to help in, in all this world, and especially that the girls can play football. And uh, so I hope very much that uh, the 2022 opens doors, open doors for, for women football and, and let the, the girls play and, and that we have more women to stand up. I think that is also what we need. And I did this for 50 years. I always scratched on the door. I always made noise and said, we want to play football. And the German Federation let us then play uh, in 1970. The, the German big federation let us play. And, and we have been amazing. Eight times we won the European champion twice the World Cup and once the Olympic medal. 
uh, in Brazil. So I think we done wonderful uh, when they let us do it. And, and then, like you say, have more female coaches. And I believe when I was in Qatar doing coaching courses also for FIFA, there is a lot of women who would like to be coaches female coaches and we just have to mentor them we have to look after them we have to grow them they have to have experience so i i think there is a lot of potential and a lot of girls and women who may be not active as a player but who would love to be a coach yeah so finally maybe a last question what what would you tell a, a father or a brother who is uh, a bit opposed of his daughter or sister uh, playing football. Uh, what has football meant for you in life and how would you convince somebody uh, that a daughter or sister uh, should be permitted to play football? Well, I think we always say football is a school of life. And I think it's not only for the boys and nobody said anywhere that it's only for the boys to have a school of life through football or to any other sport. So I think football is so important to develop your personality, to develop your self-confidence, which I believe is uh, very important for the women also to have that self-confident, uh, self-esteem. And of course, the other most important thing, it teaches you social values, integration, communication, respect, fair play, Uh, I think that is so important in life to learn this, how we get along with each other. So, so not playing in a team football, uh, I think the girls will missing something in their life. So of course I will convince every father, first of all, to watch women football at the highest level, America against Germany or England uh, uh, first division. I will tell him 12 o'clock Sunday afternoon, you're gonna switch on your, Uh, uh, BBC and you will see a live women football game uh, at the highest level to see what is happening there and how beautiful are the women and all of these women I want to do their sport because they feel that their sport is their life is a contribution for develop their life and and everybody who has played a sport especially as a team I think that is even special than uh, let's say individual sport Team sport gives you so much of energy to, to, to be successful, not only in the sport as such, but in the studying, in the school, in your life, in your daily life-to-life uh, -life problems you have. Football can compensate, football can give you these positive attitude, positive attitude, uh, energy, To, to cope and manage your life. So, so to tell someone you're not allowed to play football, if it's a girl or boy, I think this is the stupid thing in life you can do as a parent. So you have to convince your parents. It's not only to study. You cannot study 24 hours. You need to have, like everybody said, in a healthy body, a healthy mind. So you need to do some sport. You have to go out. And is it football, handball, or basketball, or volleyball? I think most important is that the girl is doing sport and it helps her to really create a positive environment, a positive atmosphere herself and for, for the future, which are coming up to Qatar. So I just want to say, please, all parents listen to this podcast, let your daughter play and you will see there will be a better life in future, also in Qatar.
Thank you, Monica. This was very inspirational. Thank you very much for this interview and good luck for all your projects you are doing to promote women's football worldwide. Thank you very, very much. My pleasure. Thank you also. Thank you, Daniel.